And what we, when you ask me, I don't know what the Republicans will be for. Uh, I, I say facetiously, NRA stands for no Republican action. The Second Amendment, obviously, the Supreme Court said, uh, allows people to have guns in their homes, allows them to hunt. I'm for that. That's fine. Uh, what they're not allowed to do uh, is to have criminals have guns because the court said you could make reasonable uh, efforts uh, to uh, oversee the use of guns because they kill people. That's Denny Hoyer, Democrat from Maryland, who wants you to know that, well, you know, there are, there are regulations, there are restrictions that we can put on the Second Amendment, because after all, the Second Amendment is for home defense and hunting only, not for you to carry uh, on your hip, not for you to be able to protect yourself, I guess, is his case, is his theory, is his philosophy, not for you to be able to protect yourself, Wherever you may be, Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Guys, it's good to be with you. And while the January 6th conversation is so dominating the headlines, let's not forget that the U.S. House of Representatives has engaged in two unique actions. One, about raising the age of of getting a semi-automatic weapon. Do they mean a a rifle or do they mean a a pistol? They want to limit the amount of rounds in a magazine. Uh, 30 is too much. 15 is going to be the maximum they'll ban. The other ones now today talking about red flag laws. Guy Relford joins us right now from the 2aproject.com. You know him as the gun guy on 93.1 FM WIBC in Indianapolis. Also a Second Amendment lawyer by trade. And before we get into today's uh, red flag law conversation, let's get into yesterday's bit of legislation raising the age and trying to put a ban on sizes of magazines. Of course, this hasn't gone through the Senate yet, so this is not law. This is just what the House has done with some Republican help. I think four Republicans joined in on there. Is there any of that if it were to pass the Senate, signed by President Biden? Is there anything there that would immediately lead to a court challenge that would get overturned on Second Amendment grounds? Yeah, I think uh, I think the challenge on uh, the high-capacity magazine ban, Tony, would uh, be in real trouble. Uh, we've already had a California Court of Appeals hold that a high-capacity magazine ban uh, is, uh, in fact, unconstitutional. Um, and uh, and I think that, you know, for all the 18- to 20-year-olds uh, who now, under this bill, if it were to become law, could no longer buy any semi-automatic rifle um, with a uh, detachable magazine, essentially, other than a 22, they exempted 22s. I think a whole bunch of 18 to 20 year olds, because here we're talking about military age adults, you know, can serve in the military, can carry an M4 or drive a tank or, or run an artillery piece, um, but aren't going to be able to, to buy a semi automatic rifle in their own hometown. I think they're going to have uh, something to talk about. And the high capacity magazine ban, I've seen it reported as the bill banning anything over. 15 rounds, but the actual version of the bill that I last read that I believe was passed actually said 10. So we'll have to see what actually gets sent over to the Senate. But the last version of the bill that I read, it's H.R. 7910, said that they were banning anything over 10 rounds, uh, although there is a grandfather provision since magazines aren't serialized. There's virtually no way to say, okay, we're going to we're going to ban them all. Um, 
and be able to identify what was made when, but that's another requirement of the bill, that as of the date of passage, manufacturers of magazines will have to mark them as law enforcement or military only if they hold more than 10 rounds. But let's get a, a little bit deeper in, in, into that, you know, because this is the idea of restrictions, restrictions on the yep. Second Amendment. So they often talk about, you know, automatic weapons. You could purchase a fully automatic weapon. It's just a different set of, of rules that are followed. There are tax stamps and, 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 and other things uh, like that. But there, we've seen restrictions before. We've had the whole conversation about bump stocks. Uh, Producer Ari was discussing that maybe there's a different restriction for um, magazines if you're, is, is there for different restrictions for magazines if you're hunting game or things like that? Where are restrictions allowed and not allowed and is it about the temperament of a society or is it about something else well I, there are um there have been limitations passed by you know different say dnrs for hunting restrictions to say all right you, could, you have to limit the number of rounds you can have in your shotgun when you're hunting uh, waterfowl or the number of rounds you can have in your rifle when you're hunting deer uh, but that's only for that one application it's not banning a whole classification of arms or weapons, that's what runs into constitutional problems uh, because the test coming out of the Heller case from 2008 from the Supreme Court is, uh, is, is what we're talking about, commonly used for lawful purposes. Commonly used for lawful purposes. I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds of million, uh, millions of uh, high-capacity, so-called high-capacity magazines are in circulation. I don't even know how many I own because of the number of different rifles and handguns that I have that all take magazines that hold more than 10. So the, the idea that we're going to ban them and it's that number commonly used for lawful purposes, that's a standard that I think a litigant won't have any trouble getting over. I'd be happy to litigate that case myself. Talking to Guy Relford, Second Amendment attorney. You can find him at the 2aproject.com, uh, number two, letter A, the 2aproject.com. Uh, the the age uh, restriction as, as well on semi-auto. Now, you have gone over this a, a bit. This is still a, a little new. Are we talking about rifles? Are we talking about handguns? Because it's a... So very, very. I guess it couldn't be about handguns because they already say you got to be 21 in order to get a handgun. I've never understood that level of restriction. I assume it's on the rifle side, but I want to make sure how it is they categorize it. And again, what's the challenge argument here outside of the military argument? It's rifles and shotguns. So we're talking about center fire rifles, center fire shotguns. That means rifle and shotgun designed to be fired from the shoulder. Um, so that's what it restricts. Um, I, I, I think it, it would not be a difficult argument. Uh, and by the way, the handgun uh, restriction on only uh, sales to 21 and over, according to federal law, that has existed for many, many years, that's in court right now and being challenged on constitutional grounds by some folks who are not yet 21. Um, so that's being litigated. I, I think here, again, I mean, how many, um, how, how, how many Boy Scouts learn to shoot um, uh, a, a gun in the Boy Scouts got their marksmanship uh, badge um, by shooting a semi-automatic uh, a rifle in the Boy Scouts. Uh, you know, that, that, there's a ton. But, but in terms of the ability to actually walk in and purchase, where you're a legal adult and you're 18 to 20 years old, um, I, to say that there's a rational basis for depriving you of the ability to buy any semi-automatic rifle or shotgun. 
Um, I don't think there's a compelling national interest in doing that, and I think it, it places an undue burden on a core value protected by the Second Amendment for those people, which includes self-defense, which includes uh, recreation, which includes hunting. It, it's, it's much broader than, than Democrats would have you believe. Uh, I think that places a, a profound burden on that core value protected by the Second Amendment, and according to Supreme Court uh, cases, that's what is unconstitutional. Today, they had a conversation about red flag laws, something that we have here in Indiana, something that you and I have discussed uh, before. Uh, The headline was House Passes Red Flag Law Allowing Judges to Seize Firearms of Those Deemed Dangerous. You had five Republicans who voted for this. It was a vote of 224 to 202, the Federal Extreme Risk Protection Order Act. It would allow judges to prevent individuals from purchasing purchasing firearms under the same circumstances. Now, this red flag conversation is one that I have had major conflict with. Because in in its original idea, I said to myself, if you know somebody is mentally ill, if you know somebody is having an issue, you want to prevent them from doing harm to themselves or to others, you're engaged with a judge so they're adjudicated mentally unfit, I can live with that. Then I saw how red flag, red flag laws were being abused. I'm like, well, I can't live with that because now you're working, uh, utilizing these things to take away people's rights in, in a way that is completely improper. So how is this that the House has just passed in a, in a fit of fury and, 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 and emotion, uh, not on, on logic? How is this different than any other red flag law? And what is its future in the Senate? Well, you, you hit it on the head, which is um, do they serve a purpose? Listen, if somebody is at imminent threat to themselves or others, they're in possession of a firearm, and it's clear, and they receive due process and are able to be represented by a lawyer, be able to present their own uh, evidence and and witnesses, be able to confront the witnesses against them, Uh, if they have all the protections of due process and they are found, in the words of Indiana's statute, by clear and convincing evidence to be a danger to themselves or others, can we and should we separate them from their firearm where they're that imminent threat? Uh, and get them some help, perhaps, yes, and, and I understand that that's the role. And even, you know, in a particular context, you know, so many of us were outraged in Parkland that authorities knew about that. He, pushed on, he put on the Internet he wanted to be a school shooter. Uh, he, police had been to his house dozens of times, uh, yet no one did anything. Well, when we say, why didn't someone do something? Why didn't someone take his guns away from him? That's what you're talking about. You're talking about uh, an emergency protective order or a red flag law. Um, So, yes, they have a role, but where this bill just passed today in the House on the federal level, where it differs from Indiana, first of all, someone would go into district courts. Now you're going to federal court and applying for one of these. What I hate about this and what I think has real constitutionality problems as far as due process goes is it allows a judge to issue an order that not only deprives you of your firearms for 14 days, but makes you a prohibited possessor in the interim. In other words, you've just lost all your Second Amendment rights with no due process, no hearing, no confrontation, no nothing. If they want to suspend your gun rights, keep your guns away from you, and make you a prohibited possessor for a longer period than that under this bill, then they, then they graciously allow you some due process, and you get to go in and, and defend yourself. And where I've seen these abused – and by the way, I, I'm batting a 1,000 right now in red flag cases on getting guns back for people having proven that these are not dangerous people. And that's not because I'm the world's greatest lawyer. It's because I take the cases I should win because these people are truly not dangerous. They've had unsubstantiated allegations made.
against them. I've seen vindictive coworkers bring these or vindictive soon to be ex-spouses um, and, and be horribly abused. And that's why I've gotten guns back every single time. and I've handled a bunch of them. That's where due process comes in. You have to have the ability to defend your interests, defend your constitutional rights. And that's what makes a good red flag law from a bad red flag law to the extent there is a good red flag law. And that's where the, the federal bill allowing a seizure and this 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 designation of you as a prohibited possessor with no hearing whatsoever, and and the excuse as well is just for 14 days. I don't care for that at all. That's why Indiana statute, although some are calling to change it, including Marion County Prosecutor Ryan Mears, that in Indiana you do not become a prohibited possessor, and 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 that information goes into the federal criminal history databases until after you've had due process and 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 your hearing where you're found to be dangerous. That's the way it should be. That's what, in my mind, makes it constitutional, and uh, the calls to change it is something I will be fighting tooth and nail. You'll hear a lot from me in the 2A project to the extent we see that bill next session, and I fully expect we will because you're hearing calls for it from, right. uh, among others, Marion County Prosecutor. Guy, before I let you go, I, I, I got to share because it made the rounds yesterday as, as one of the more um, – radical uh things that joy behar has ever said and that's saying something considering the 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 lack of intellect and the lack of uh, mental acuity that exists uh, with her and then that's me saying that not necessarily you saying it although you may agree with me i don't know i don't know the woman she's speaking to the the, the woman who's filling in on on the view but i wanted you to hear this statement from joy behar if you haven't heard it already regarding gun laws and black Americans, listen. Most AR-15 owners are former military, okay. 35 Let me say one more thing. So that's all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Yeah. One, 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 okay. Here's the thing. Once black people get guns in this country, the gun laws will change. Trust me. Now, once black people get guns in America, the gun laws will change. She's saying this to a black woman. You can go to stories in the Wall Street Journal that discuss the increase in firearms ownership from black Americans. You train people all the time as part of uh, your work. I've got about a minute left here. Um, black people don't own guns, Guy Relford? The the ignorance in that statement, um, both historically and factually, is just mind-boggling. And, and listen, you've made the statement yourself um, that originally gun control was passed as an intentional uh, act by Democrats to, to, to keep – uh, black Americans, newly freed black Americans uh, from owning guns. We've fought that back, and, and the fastest-growing uh, demographic for new gun owners today uh, are minorities as well as women. And, and so, of course, they have firearms. It's, it's, it's incredibly racist to suggest that they don't. They have every right that you and I have. Of course they do. It's ridiculous to say anything different. So the, 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 his, the historical and factual ignorance that comes out of that statement is repugnant on every single level. And it may be one of the more racist things I've ever heard anyone say. It's, it's – it, even for Joy Behar – it's a total stunner. It, what what is so stunning about it, if you if we want to go down to the specifics, it's that her Sonny Hostin, Whoopi Goldberg, they say things that they feel, but have never asked themselves or anybody else. Wait, is that right? They've made the decision now. Joy Behar believes that black people don't own firearms because either she doesn't know any black people, 
or she has been told by those who she connects with in media circles that, oh, no, 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 you never want a firearm. And if you never want a firearm, all black people are on the political left. Ergo, no black person owns a firearm. That is, is where you have to break it down to. It's one or the other. She either says, well, because everyone I know doesn't, therefore nobody doesn't. It's the Pauline Kale conversation. Or, or it's that she doesn't know any black people. And aside from Sonny and Whoopi, maybe, maybe she doesn't. It's a question that should be asked for. Guy Relford, gotta run. Guy Relford, the2aproject.com. I appreciate you taking the time. We've got more. I'm Tony Katz.